Welcome everyone to another amazing uh, Bolt from the Blue podcast. We're number three in the list of most popular uh, city um, uh, podcasts and we're uh, catching up fast and uh, there's a reason for that and, and that's because we've got two fantastic regular contributors. Let's welcome them. First of all, we've got Bernard Deneen. Bernard, how are you doing? I'm fine, mate. I'm disappointed. Now, number three, that means we're losers, mate. It's only number one counts. That's all that matters. Two, three, Appar- four. Apparently, we're, we're behind 9320 and the main road ramble. I think we should pack it in, mate. Obviously, we've been far too critical of our team. We're not having much fun. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think we should call it a day and we'll, we'll end on a, a blast with a 3-0 win over Bayern Munich. Yeah, all of those five years, all of those various people that were on the pod, we'll just pack it in because of that little bit of criticism. But anyway, let me not be too sarcastic. Let me just welcome um, the main man. It's Ray. Ray, how are you doing? I don't know about main man. <laughs> I thought when you were talking about the two two stars, you were going to talk about my double chins and <laughs> include them both. <laughs> but <laughs> on my double, my five bellies now. <laughs> Uh, luckily, um, luckily, listeners, you can't see us on, on camera today. Uh, that's a sight for sore eyes. But Ray is wearing a fantastic shirt. Ray, d- tell me about that shirt and uh, from oh. whence does it come? It's a, uh, it's a blackened, red, checkered uh, shirt, umbro. Um, obviously, pull it across the middle. It's but it's come from um, a long, long time ago. Bernard will probably remember this. Um, I bought this shirt last year from a, 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 an old City fan who was selling off his um, his old kits, basically. Some fantastic things amongst them. Bernie just showing us. It doesn't work. It doesn't work on a podcast, but I have been very critical of the Manchester City programme last night because yeah. I think Kevin Cummins thought he was doing a piece for the Bayern Munich programme because it's all, it's all about the Bayern Munich fans. So uh, if you're supposed to be a City fan, come on, Kevin, pick this <laughs> I, I, saw, I, saw, I saw the front cover. I thought it was uh, for the Brighton Fringe or something. Uh, <laughs> purple lights. I thought, have we gone to uh, some sort of woohoo land? Um, but uh, yeah, no. Bernard's shown us the, the, the cover of, of the. And it, to make it worse, Andy Inchcliffe was inside it as well. That made it even oh, worse. No. You put me off <laughs> my brew. Right? You put me off my brew. Just drink and. I'm spitting it out. Um, the mention of Andy Hinchcliffe. I mean, he hates City more, almost as much as um, uh, Steve McManaman does. Oh, Cancelo. Well, guys, Cancelo. Um, oh, Cancelo. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, you, you've got Ray in the kitchen with a brew. You've got um, uh, Bernard, who, although you can't see this, has got one of the best sort of utility rooms for and for Gabe. doing his pods. He's got he's got he's got his king of the kickbacks. Um, Stuff he's got his uh, shirts and and his um, uh, pictures on the wall. Uh, it's looking great. Uh, fantastic yeah. atmosphere. Yeah. Half a film studio and half a city studio. There you go. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, guys, let's get into this game. Last night it, it kicked off at eight o'clock in Manchester, and uh, there was all kinds of subplots um, that I'm just going to mention before this game got started. So obviously. Um, Bayern have a, a relatively new manager in Tuchel, and as you know, he he did for us uh, two years ago in the Champions League final. We've also got these uh, other little subplots. I mean, Erling Haaland desperate to put one over on them because he finished um, so often behind Bayern Munich when he played for Dortmund. And uh, 
all kinds of speculation about the lineups. I mean, uh, the Guardian, for example, they were absolutely confident that you would have Cancelo starting, that you'd have Mane starting, you'd have uh, Thomas Muller starting. None of that um, uh, came to pass. And um, just before we uh, get started on the, the lineups, guys, uh, one thing that I was reminded of, uh, and um, a lot of us have been reminded of again and again and again, is um, City's record in the Champions League. Now, I'm counting the seasons that they're counting. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Guys, in the last nine seasons, um, not counting this season, um, where have City finished? How many times in the round of 16? How many times in the quarterfinal? How many times in the semifinal? How many times in the final? Let's shoot. Okay. Let's One start off final. with them. Um, easy one. Let's okay, okay, Ray. T- tell us what happened. We lost. <laughs> we lost we're just talking about it off air. Sterling's yeah. fault. It was Sterling's yeah. fault. We would have won. Yeah. How, how, how many times in the round of sixteen, guys? In the last eight. Eight. How many times? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Sorry, in the last nine. Nine. Eight. No. Uh, is that how many times we've been knocked out? How many times did how many times did we did we get knocked out in the round of sixteen? Once, twice. Nope. Three. Three times. Okay. Okay. How many quarterfinals did we reach? Six. Three. <laughs> three is correct, Ray. Now we're up to six. And uh, in the final three, uh, in the final three that we haven't accounted for, what happened to us? Semi-final, we got knocked out twice. Final, we got knocked out once. Exactly, Ray. Two semi-finals and one final. Uh, so um, everyone is talking about this. This is City's year. You know, they keep saying it. They keep making us favourites. Anyway, guys, let's have a look at the lineups. Now, this was um, I don't know about you, but um, I thought that Bayern Munich lineup was absolutely frightening. But we'll get on to that for for uh, in a minute. Let's talk about Man City's lineup. So here we go. I don't know um, how predictable this was. We'll find out in a minute. Ederson, Stones, Akanji, Ruben Diaz, Nathan Ake, Rodri, De Bruyne, Gundogan, Bernardo, uh, Erling Haaland and Grealish. Okay, let's start off with um, Bernard. You must have got pretty close to um, to to the to the uh, to the full eleven there. I, I would think. Yeah, well, I'm going to check the tapes, Pat, but I did a thing with Ray the other night and he claims he got all 11, but I'm going to check the tape. I'm sure, I'm sure he said Walker was playing this. But, oh, hey, no, no, no. no, no. <laughs> no, when I saw it, I thought, oh, yeah, I should have put Bernardo in. I should. He was the only guy I got wrong because I just thought, I always think Pep's going to be an arsehole. <laughs> that's, that's what I think when he's picking his teams. I think Pep's going to play bloody Mahrez, isn't he? I don't want him to. I want Bernardo to play, but... So I always try and think. I always try and put a bit of a pep head on rather than a burner on. I'm going to start putting a burner head on because I, I might be a bit closer. So yeah, Bernardo was the only difference. I, I thought Pep would stick with uh, Maris. I, th- I think Ray, when we talked about it the other night, there was a couple of ums and ahs, but uh, yeah, I think Ray was uh, spot on because uh, but, uh, there's no way with Bernardo, especially when in hindsight it's wonderful. But just when you f- think or forget just how good Bernardo is, you're beginning to believe you can do without him. 
as, as fans and we love him to bits, of course we do, but we, we come to accept that he's going and then all of a sudden he does what he did last night, not alone of course, lots of players had great games last night, but and you think, why the hell, you know, we can't live, we don't want to be without him, it's as simple as that, he sort of drags us back in, just as he leaves, just as we think he can leave, he drags us back in, doesn't he, and this is what he does, Bernardo, and he was the only difference, and he, and he was a difference on the night, of course he was a, a fantastic, and uh, credit to Ray, and as I said, if I had, if I had to use my Bernard brain rather than my pet brain, uh, I probably would have got 11, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, is that is that is that right, right Ray, did you, did you pick it? Well, not only did I get the uh, Arsenal-Liverpool uh, uh, score right when I said it was 2-2, two, <laughs> two. I mean, no, no one's praised me for that. I mean, I don't get much praise on, <laughs> on this, this show, uh, certainly not from you guys. But we, I, have, we have our own septic peg, don't we? That's what we've got here. <laughs> so, but no, I, I wanted Bernardo to play simply for the reason that we saw last night, the, the effort he puts in, the, the way he, he keeps hold of that ball, the, the chasing back he does, he's better than... Um, um, and chasing around up front, he's much, much better than Mares. Mares in not this season or last season, but before that, you know, he used to do what I call half, half-hearted attempt tackle, you know, where you pretend that you're going to go and make a tackle and you just back out of it. Whereas Bernardo gives it everything. You know, he knows when to foul. Well, he took a picture of a, a team yellow card yesterday for... A, you know, for a, a deliberate trip uh, when he knew the guy was going away. And he was all over that pitch and he did what you wanted, what you would like Maris to do. He was taking players on. He was taking players on, crossing the ball, creating chances. He was all over the place. And, you know, afterwards, uh, Pep said, you know, he, Bernardo Silva is one of the best players he's ever managed. Um, he said, you, can, you don't need to tell him anything. You just tell him the position you want him to play. And that's it. You don't need to go through anything, whether you play him at left back as a double pivot, which you have seen him as a kind of left back double pivot this season, whether you play him out on the right, whether you play him as an attacking midfielder, wherever you play him, Pep says you just tell him where he's going to play and he just goes like the Duracell bunny. You just wind him up, let him let him go. The only area of contention was, was around Walker. And there was something I saw, I think Walker said something, uh, I saw a video on Monday, and it just led me to believe that Walker wouldn't be starting. Uh, and, but I, I did say, if Walker starts, then I want John Stones with uh, Diaz. If Walker doesn't start, I want John Stones, and then I can't on the inside. And we kind of got it somewhere in the middle, because um, unlike recent times when John Stones has started on the right, and then when we've got the ball, he goes in a double pivot, double pivot. When we haven't got the ball, he plays right back. Last night, it was different. A different, again, I like, some, <laughs> when we win, I like these subtle changes. When we were defending, Kanji went to right back, I think most of the time, and Stones dropped to centre-back. And you've got people now coming out saying, Stones, all right, they're blowing smoke up his backside. He's best centre-back in the world. All right, some of the other City fans are saying Ruben Diaz is the best centre-back in the world. But I've consistently said that John Stones is one of the best centre-backs in the world in football. Um, and when people were blowing smoke up Laporte's backside, I said, no, Stones is better. When they're blowing up uh, smoke up Diaz's backside, I said, Stones is better. Stones has suffered because of injuries. If you go back to, I think it was the 18-19 season, uh, and we, I think Vinny played the first game, Vincent Company. The next game, I think, I can't remember now, he was in the stands watching the game. Stones and Laporte were there as centre-backs. And Vincent Company said, he felt at that time, that his city career was over because these two young players 
were the future and they were so good. And unfortunately, that season, Stones got injured. Uh, Vincent came, great for Vincent. He came back, he scored that great goal against uh, Leicester, you remember. Don't shoot Vinny, all that. But Stones, Vincent Company knew. And ever since then, I've been pushing the Stones bandwagon. You know, there, was, uh, there was this talk of him going to Spurs a few seasons ago for about 20 million quid. And Stones turned the move down. I think Spurs wanted him. City were happy to let him go. Uh, I think it was on loan with an uh, with obligation to buy or whatever for 20 million quid. Stones turned it down because he's simply, well, I don't think this is the only reason, but his family live in the north. He's from Barnsley, okay, which is in South Yorkshire, but it's up in the north of England. He played in uh, Everton and, and in Manchester. So Barnsley, Everton, Manchester. His family are all up here. So that's another reason that he wants to stay. He stayed and within that season, you know, Gone from a twenty million pound player to an eighty million pound player, uh, and right now he's at the top of his game. You know, the he shows the he's so calm. He he's he's able to collect the ball. He's able to run with the ball. He's able to pass the ball. Um, you know, he's got, he's good in the air. He's got everything, and you know, he can, he can even get up into a number ten position and set up goals as well. That guy's got everything, and he's got good looks. I mean, I hate him. I hate him. He's got everything going for him. Well, let's get let's get over to um, Bernard now. There was a reason why there was speculation that Walker would start because of his pace. My goodness, guys, look at this Bayern Munich lineup. Let me go through it for for um, the benefit of the listeners. Now, you've got Jan Sommer, a great goalkeeper. Obviously, got a little bit of a rick in him, but um, uh, nonetheless, a very good goal, goalkeeper. You got uh, Benjamin uh, Pavard. Uh, who is a World Cup winner? We've got Delict. We've got Upa Meccano, which is quite funny because me and Ray were kind of like uh, a couple of seasons ago thinking he might join City. Alfonso Davis, the great celebrated Alfonso Davis Goretzka, Joshua Kimmich, everyone thinking one of the greatest players in the world. Musiala, Leroy Sane, our, our, our ex player, obviously out for a bit of revenge. Serge Gnabry, who was absolutely mustered a couple of seasons ago. Kingsley Coman, and on the bench, they left Sadio Mane, they left Cancelo, they left Thomas Muller. That was a, that was a very impressive Bayern Munich uh, lineup, uh, Bernard. Do you not think? Yeah, I mean, that's what um, looking at it is what he's been playing there. Uh, Tuchel and obviously Nagelsmann might have had a couple of differences before that, but uh, yeah, that didn't surprise me. Uh, didn't surprise me at all. Look at looking at the team, and obviously on the night, um, yeah. I, thought they were very good. Uh, it's just that we were better. Simple as that. There's nothing wrong with that team. It's a, a good team on paper. There's a couple of ricks at the back and I think we've we accepted that defensively. They do struggle at times, but they rely on, obviously, the midfield like we do. They rely on having possession and uh, doing the most with that possession. But, yeah, that didn't surprise me, that team at all. I didn't expect Mane to start. I didn't expect Cancelo to start. So, yeah, no, no real surprises. And as I say, I'm you know, it is a good team and we beat a bloody good team. It's as simple as that. It's a fantastic team. They are. Uh, they had a good first half. Ray, um, are you with me in um, being slightly grateful that we didn't actually splash out for Upa Meccano despite my cheerleading for him? Well, apparently, apparently uh, we watched him last night. He's changed his name. He was that bad. He's changed his name. 
to Upa Maguire. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> I saw. I, mean, I looked. I saw. I've not had a chance to watch the game back. Obviously, being there, and I wouldn't have minded. But obviously, I think it was Sky 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 report. I think they gave him four out of ten. So that probably sums up the night, yeah. didn't it? They give him four out of ten because his name right. That's how he got four marks. He was look. He was he was poor under pressure. He was found wanting. But I've got to say this up front in case I, we, we we don't mention it. That's the city city forced Bayern into making mistakes. Yeah, you know it wasn't just you know Bayern weren't just rubbish. You know they're not top of the Bundesliga for no reason. They've not won the title for like ten years on the banks. They've not got a star-studded lineup. For nothing, they're not a rubbish team. They're a pretty good team. I'm right. They won the last five league games on the bounce, at least. Um, they're a blooming good side, and City forced them into making mistakes. We cut down the passing lanes. You know, Upa Makana when he got the ball, he hardly had a, a, any options. And if he dilly dallied on the ball, if he dawdled on it, someone was on on his case immediately. City probably looked at him as the weak link in that defence. You know, someone to get at. Even the goalie, Soma, uh, uh, he was someone you could get at if he stalls on the ball a bit too long. So, yes, we wanted him a couple of years ago. And I do believe if he'd come to City, he'd have been a great player under Pep. Mm-hmm. Well, Don't make mistakes uh, in the transfer market. Well, guys, it just shows you how much um, the commentators know. Um, before the game got started, you had uh, Rio Ferdinand, Julio Lescott and Owen Hargreaves all talking about John Stone's role as right back, but he wasn't right back. It was a Kanji who went into the right back position, and um, John Stones was um, basically in midfield a lot of the time. So it just shows you guys, you know, you're um, listening to these experts. They don't know what they're talking about half of the time. But let's talk about the first half, guys. It was exciting. It was probably Bayern's best. Um, period in the game, probably until halftime. They they were good. Leroy Sané was um, was forcing the issue. Um, the, I'm, I, I'm not going to say that they matched us, uh, Bernard, exactly, but they were definitely a threat. They were definitely um, in the game. I think both teams were, were, were showing each other respect. It's as simple as that. I think Bayern Munich's best part of the game was the start of the second half, in fairness. I thought that's when they looked as though they could get a goal back uh, and equalise at one stage. But, uh, yeah, I think I think both teams, uh, I think Bayern looked a bit more edgy in defence. I think we were a bit more solid. But, uh, yeah, I think you say they're both two very, very good teams. They're both the bookies' favourites. You know, you're not, talk, you're not talking the also rounds in the last state of the Champions League. You're talking the top two teams. So they're going to show each other a certain amount of respect. Uh, City had a couple of uh, nice early chances. But, uh, yeah, you, you can't. You can't you, as, as Ray said, top of the Bundesliga, like you said, top of the Bundesliga. I, I don't think they quite was five on the trot. I think they might have uh, drawn one or something, but they're a good team and each team showed each other respect. I thought City looked better in that first half. I thought we were slightly better. They had the moments by them, but uh, as a team, uh, we worked hard, as Ray Ray said there. We pressured them in the first half. Of course, it came to more fruition in the second half, but uh, yeah, no, it was a... For the neutral, I mean, some people might have you know, thought there oh, wasn't enough going on in this, but it was just a just a, a game between two quality sides who, who were at the 
not at the peak perhaps that they've ever been in the in the in in time, but um, both going for it and both entertaining the fans and both entertaining the Champions League watchers. Yeah. Ray, uh, City and uh, Bayern are top of the UEFA coefficient rankings, but it was quite interesting uh, before the game to read an article um, featuring Thomas Tuchel where he was saying he was having sleepless nights before this game. What did you think of that? Uh, I don't blame him. Absolutely don't blame him. I'm just going to quickly mention that Bernard's right. Uh, almost. Uh, <laughs> uh, Bayern have won four and lost one of the last five league games. Um, but this, that's still a, they're still doing pretty well. Thomas Tuchel should have sleep this nights because it's not an easy thing to play against Pep. He's been, Tuchel's been brought into Bayern um, not to be a defensive coach, which he was a bit at Chelsea. You know, when the, that Champions League final, that run to it, Chelsea were a defensive team looking to hit people on the counter. Uh, Bayern, he's not pretty much allowed to do that. If Nagelsmann gets the boot after, you know, winning all six Champions League group games uh, without conceding a goal, being top, uh, uh, up at the top of the English League table, and he gets the boot, you know, Tuchel's got a tough act to follow. And so they don't want him to be defensive. They want him to be attack-minded, which is why he had uh, quite a few attacking players there. But he also is well aware of what Pep can do. And even though he's got, um, I think he's beaten Pep by, was it two to one or, or something like that, or uh, in, in, in um, direct games, um, Pep can show that he, you know, he come up, Pep, well, he showed last night, he come up with something slightly different. And Pep's always developing, he's always evolving, he's always got new tactics. And City are a star studded team in their own right. And obviously, we you just rattle off City's names. You know, like that, was it Jamie Jackson, the journalist, having to go at Ruben Diaz in a press conference before the, the day before the game, talking about all the fast buying players. And he said, well, what about us? We've got this person, this person, you know, all, all the defenders. And he said, we'll see you on the pitch. And, the, and, the, and this mm-hmm. son of a reporter said, what do you mean? He said, we'll see you on the pitch. He said, well, why? He said, we'll Bernard, on the pitch. Bernard Pep, is, Pep was dropping the truth bombs uh, before the game started. Listen to this quote, which I think we can all kind of agree with, especially with some of Liverpool's um, uh, successes in the Champions League. He says, you can be 20, po- 20 points behind in the league and win the Champions League or be 20 points clear in the league and not win the Champions League. And um, coincidentally, uh, the Guardian reminds us that City were 19 points clear of Chelsea uh, when they won in 2020, 20, So it's... Um, your league position doesn't govern where you finish in the Champions League because ultimately it is the cup competition. doesn't matter how good they are. What do you say, Bernard? That's right. I mean, obviously the group the group stages, yeah, it's six games. Uh, Bayern Munich, they let a couple in, Ray, on the, in their six matches. They did let a couple in. Uh, they didn't keep clean sheets, but uh, I appreciate Mr. Tuchel has to certainly uh, a lot to live up to, and uh, it's not, not his style, is it? Let's be honest about it. Of course, he doesn't. It's a court, as you say. Once you get to the knockouts, once you get to this, once you get to the round of sixteen, and this is when it gets better. I mean, for me, it should always be a cup competition, but that doesn't make any money for these organisations, does it? It's all. It's all about you know. It should be should all be knockouts and and sort of. And you see far better games, but obviously it won't be enough of them, unfortunately, unless you put all, you know, put a, a go down to about seven spot in the league or something and include everybody. And then it won't be the Champions League, would it? But uh, there you go. But yeah, of course it is. It's look, I mean, Pep, Pep, we've lost, we've lost Champions League stuff with Pep. We've lost them with Mancini and Pellegrini. Pep probably 
has been responsible for making brain farts. It's as simple as that. Yes, yeah, City were better than Chelsea when they won the Champions League. Of course we were. We were better than Chelsea, but it didn't stop, stop them beating us three times, was it, in in, in the league or even four times? I'm not league too sure. League FA Cup, Champions League. Yeah, I mean, you know, we give up in the FA Cup semi-final. We give them that benefit and we knew it at the time. We said it at the time. We, you know, you probably said it on air and I've said it on my thing. Uh, we shouldn't have done that. We shouldn't have given that confidence boost. You know, it's all right to say, oh, yeah, yeah, but we'll surprise him in the final. And then he, then he has another brain fight in the final and totally changes his, his, the way of playing. And he's doing that now, but that's that's all right now because it's, it's, not, it's not a one-off game, is it? I mean, Stones... Ray was mentioning Stones before. It's quite funny. I've literally just done my player ratings. And as I was doing it, obviously, we're a bit, I must be real linking in with Ray somewhere because I was saying Stones, if he hadn't been for his injury, injury problems, it, it would be, you know, everyone was saying he's, he's world class. He's absolutely outstanding. It, last night, he was, defend, he was defending. He was midfield. He was up in attack. He was bloody everywhere. It was, you know, it was astounding stuff from John Stones. And, you know, those tactics of Pep playing this now are superb, but he does have, you know, in cup competitions, if you, as a manager, make a mistake or as a player don't score a goal you should score, it could be all over. It's as simple as that. And it, say we we know it's all a matter of luck. Uh, we could go over to Bayern and, and you know, let, let four goals in. Of course we could, but as long as we score two or three, it won't matter. But, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a one-off. Of course it is in the cup game. Pep, Pep's quite right. It doesn't matter where you are in the table. Let's face it, Chelsea won the Champions League twice with two of the worst possible teams I can think of. They were awful, both their, their teams that won the Champions League. The other one back in the day as well. I thought they were bloody awful to watch and an awful team. It do doesn't count for anything. It's it's, it's on the day. Team, the tactics, the players, the manager, you just have to be at it on the day. It's as simple as that. Ray, what do you think about this quote from one of the, one of the leading newspapers? And, and I quote... Uh, Bayern's now standard uh, midfield formation formation of Goretzka, Kimmich and Musiala is horrifyingly good and better than anything City have to offer. That's what I say to that. <laughs> it, well, we saw, as, as uh, Ruben Diaz said, we'll see on the pitch. We'll see on the pitch. Mm -hmm. All last night on the pitch, uh, who's better? Now, now, if those players are better than our players, it's, look, it's a Liverpool syndrome, isn't it? Liverpool fan syndrome. All their players are better in their positions. You know, Trent is the best right-back in the world. Robertson's the best left-back. Virgil van Dijk's the best centre-back. Alexson's the best goalkeeper. Uh, Salah, Firmino and uh, Mane were the best attackers in world football. You know, they had Henderson and Fabinho, best DMs in world football. They had nine of the best 11 players in you know, positions in world football, but they couldn't win the title more than once in seven years on the clock. And it's the same sort of thing you can have. You can shout as much as you want about players and big them up as much as you want. It doesn't mean what you're saying is true. Just because you shout the loudest or the longest or whatever or use the best adjectives and prose in your uh, puff pieces in newspapers doesn't mean, you know, we, we've still got eyes. We're all, Even though we're all, let's call us ordinary punters that watch games, we've still got eyes in, in our heads. We can see and we can make our own minds up. Um, and as I said, we saw on the pitch, the way Pep coaches the players, it's working wonders. And that's why, you know, even though, yes, he does have his brain farts and you do get frustrated at times, he's still the best manager in the world. Mm -hmm. It's really, really funny, uh, Bernard, because after all of that talk from the Sky commentators, 
then they dismissed everything that they'd said before the game by making this little comment. Slight surprise at the kickoff where Stones is um, um, playing at centre-back and Akanji at right-back. So everything that they'd said before suddenly went out the window. You can't predict what Pep's going to do, can you, Bernard? No, well, we've seen that, haven't we? From uh, obviously trying to trying to put my pep head on and do his tea. Of course, you can't. He can never do, it. and that's good. Obviously, yeah. that's very, very good in a positive way. It worked last night. I mean, sometimes he does it the other way, though, where you don't predict what he's going to do, and it ends up in total disaster. But uh, yeah, last night it, it worked fine. It was superb. And you, as you say, you saw that lineup, and as I say, Ray, Ray, and, I, and myself, I think defensively and. In the middle, we sort of, you know, we knew we thought Stones would play in that that sort of position and drop drop as and when. But Stones Stones was a revelation last night. I think, as I said, I was a bit perturbed by his the way Stones was playing about three games ago when he started doing it. But it seems to be clicking now, and we can, we can fully understand it. And as I said, the only trouble with Stones is he's always a kick away from missing games. He's always a, a strain away from missing games. That's the unfortunate thing. Let's you know, with fourteen, fifteen games left to play. We can only pray and hope that Pep's tactics, which seems to be working, are not going to not going to be um, punctured by the fact of Stones not being available because he's he's been a revelation in that position. I think when Pep makes these changes, when he makes them and they're subtle and slight, like last night, really yeah. last night's only change was your Kanji and Stones swap when we were defending. I think that's fine. When he does something stupid, like you know, put Raheem Sterling on the left wing in the Champions League final when Raheem Sterling has been bobbins all season and Ford has been brilliant there. So he made that change. He shoved Ford and I on the right, I think, and he dropped Rodri. That's wholesale changes. That was, without putting too fine a part on it, stupidity to do all that. It's too much. You changed winning, um, you know, winning formula. Whereas last night, he tinkered just slightly around the edges. If he tweaks it, we're all right. He tweaks it uh, just around the edges. And that, I think that helped to make the difference because I tell you what, Bayern Munich weren't expecting that. Uh, Obviously, the Sky commentators weren't expecting that. And, um, you know, it, it, it paid handsome dividends. Well, guys, after 10 minutes, it was absolutely pelting down. Um, in in Manchester, and uh, it was quite interesting. We'll talk about this a little bit later. But one of our players says that that really does uh, help knee slide uh, goal celebrations. But um, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later. But uh, guys, let's uh, talk about the opening sort of uh, twenty twenty five minutes or so. Um, what about the various chances um, or half chances? What were your opinions? Right. Let's uh, let's let's right. let's go to Ray first. We had, um, uh, <clears throat> I think the first 10 or 15 minutes was mostly City uh, and then Bayern Munich had a, a good five or six minutes. So I, kind of, I think it kind of flip-flopped as to who was in the ascendancy. We had a, an early chance where uh, I think it was a back pass to Sommer and um, Haaland almost robbed him. He, I think he was trying to make a pass out and he got his foot to the ball and it said, you know, it's what he was looking the goalie because that could have ricocheted into the net. And if Haaland was just a millisecond earlier, quicker, it had been a goal. But instead, it came off his foot and went sideways uh, out wide. Then uh, Haaland had a, a, a really good presentable opportunity on the edge of the box. Uh, I, think the, the, I think it came from um, a Jack Grealish kind of back heel or f- little flick. Haaland was in the clear. And I think he was just too eager to get a shot away. It was under his feet. He had enough time um, and space to, I think, get that ball in, in one movement push it in front of him 
so he could you know, give it the full laces and put his foot through that. Uh, and I think that that could have been the first first goal. And he just ended up, you know, it was quite a tame shot because he just couldn't get power into, into it and he scuffed it and it was straight at the keeper. Um, you know, but it was, I think it was overall quite an even game. I don't think it was, you know, even though we had the two opportunities at that stage, you know, um, but Bayern was certainly went out of it and then they came back and they actually put us under pressure um, and KDB was robbed in our own half. Uh, he had three men around him. I can't remember who, whether it was the Kanji was nearby. So it was basically ended up like three on two. But he was robbed by one of the uh, Bayern players. And uh, Musiala um, had a really good chance. And Diaz, I think uh, um, Edison was already going the other way. He was already diving. Diaz put his body on the line. Uh, that's what you what you need to see. Put his body on the line, and uh, he blocked it. It was great. It was a great block from Diaz, and it didn't take us very long to capitalize on um, his selflessness. Let's ask uh, Bernard what he thought about those um, initial chances. Certainly. Um, uh, Nathan Ake and uh, Ruben Diaz were magisterial at the at the back uh, for City. Um, Ederson was pretty uh, solid as well. But um, any comments that you'd like to make, Bernard, about the various uh, chances uh, for both teams in that opening twenty five minutes? I mean, Holland had a good chance. He just hit the goalkeeper with it. Yeah. Um, I mean, anything you'd like to say about those? No, Ray took us up to about the twenty sixth minute there with uh, what he's talked about, and I would echo exactly what he's been saying on. We did have a Harland smash from a, in on five minutes that hit roll Z. I have no idea what he was trying to do with that, to be honest with he's you. Just, he's trying to he's, score. Hey. He's trying to score. That's why he had the shot. Well, he smashed it. It, it. it some poor guy on the third tier of the south stand. It was bloody awful. And I don't know what that, but it would. It was like Sergio Aguero, but not Sergio Aguero from the close in into the roof of the net. But obviously, it it rolled. That was a typical roll Z. Uh, Gundogan had a good headed chance, didn't he, on eight minutes, but uh, he always looked as though he was under it. So he didn't look as though that was a De Bruyne cross, which was throwing in some great crosses last night, De Bruyne. That was eight minutes. Uh, then he said, about, uh, Ray mentioned the, the summer incident where Haaland almost got it and he just scooted across the, across the line and out towards the corner flag. And of course, um, yeah, that one that Ireland missed, that, as Ray said, he had time. He had that was 22 minutes. He had time to actually control it. And he, he just wanted to smack it first time. It's on his best foot. And it was disappointing, really. It was quite an easy save for Sommer in the end. So that was disappointing. And then, as Ray said, the Diaz uh, block was absolutely superb after De Bruyne had been uh, robbed. Uh, Kanji was, was near him. He got evaded by the uh, Kimmich, was it, at the time. And he brings us to the goal, doesn't it? I mean, I, I, I will have to laugh. I will have to laugh about this goal because it's a bit like old Vinnie Company in the Leicester game. I, obviously, I was right behind it where I stand and he sort of moved it to his left. I think he got a bit of a ricochet, did he, off the defender? I'm not too sure. I couldn't see no, that. Don't shoot, Rodri. Don't shoot. No. And it literally, I, I, didn't say it, I, didn't, I didn't say it verbally, but in my mind I said, oh, please, Rodri, don't shoot from there, mate. And that was in my mind, and that just shows what an idiot I am because he didn't. It wasn't a rocket. It wasn't a Rodgers rocket. It was just a, a nice curler that you'd expect from someone like Mares or KDB with his weaker left foot, of course. And what a fantastic goal! And uh, I think one of the commentators was saying he, th he thought it was a top corner when I was looking back at some of the uh, timelines today. 
but it wasn't quiet before. I thought it was pretty much top corner. I didn't see any problem with it, but uh, yeah. So I'm glad I didn't say anything. My lad wasn't with me last night. He doesn't do always do the cup game. So if he'd have been there, I would have turned to him and said, don't shoot, don't shoot. But uh, fortunately, I was saved the embarrassment. I only, I only thought it, but what a cracking goal. Ray, we know that Rodri has got this ability um, from distance. I, 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 I wasn't sure I'd seen too much evidence that he can curl it, um, but that was that was a, that was a, a, an astonishing goal. It was a stupendous goal. I tell you what, obviously, I, I didn't go to the game because um, uh, well documented that I've not been well and I've been told to rest. Uh, so I was watching at home, but <laughs> I was running around. My, honestly, I was running around my living room, uh, charging around, uh, sh- you know, shouting and screaming. Um, so it, it was it was a top top class goal. The thing is, Rodri, we, he's more he's best known for for his long distance sh- shooting, uh, hitting rockets. Um, but the only way he could score for this this particular goal, I mean, he actually did a nice little turn on Musiala, who sold himself very cheaply. To, to create the space and he placed it and it shows it shows us the value of of placing the ball you know um rather than just leathering it and he placed it around the keeper so there's no chance you know you could have had all right maybe not two keepers there one and a half keepers and they wouldn't have saved that it was it was well placed goalie had no chance um and yeah yeah even you know Rodri with with the knee slide across half the length of the pitch you sat wet um it was a stunning, superb, incredible strike, I think, from where he was. Uh, and to put it in the corner was was brilliant. It was interesting, wasn't it? I mean, Tuchel was absolutely fuming with Musiala uh, about that. But I'm not sure um, how much he could have done about it. He, he turned Musiala and, and I think he actually used Kimmich as a, yeah. as a, training, as a training dummy, uh, <laughs> a training code dummy to, like, to, to, to disguise it. But... Um, I didn't, I didn't, Bernard, I didn't think that um, Rodri had that kind of goal in him. I thought he just powers them in, you know, when there's no obstacle in the way. But he's obviously much more talented than that. Yeah, I mean, he was forced into doing that. He was forced into playing that, into into that sort of shot, as Ray said, because he, he couldn't have done anything else. He, he was on his left. And he thought, rather than play it across or play it to someone else, oh, sod it, I'll have a go. And because it is his weaker foot, obviously he's a bit more deliberate with it. And that's what he did. And being deliberate and, and placing it as he did, uh, that's why it was so successful. And I'll say all credit to him. He certainly saved, say, saved my blushes because I didn't make it uh, clear what I was thinking at the time. But hey, we'll, we'll take it all day long. Well, Tuchel's response was to get uh, Coleman and uh, Leroy Sane to uh, switch uh, wings. Um, and uh, we're looking to see if City can can get the second uh, before halftime. They were not able to do it, but they they had a couple of chances. And um, I think uh, Gundogan had won um, a first-time volley uh, at goal. But, um, but um, that goalkeeper, uh, Jan Sommer, confuses me because... Uh, at, at times he looked like a, an amateur, and at times he looked like absolutely world class. Ray, he was no that save save he made from uh, Gundogan was a world beating save, world class. You know, it came from a, a KDB cross, um, and it took a deflection, so it had a wicked spin on it. Uh, Someone did come out. He didn't connect with it properly. Um, he actually. Uh, he got a, a touch on the ball with his fist and Jack Grealish side of his head with his fist as well, I think. And um, 
So he was like, um, he was lying on the ground. He was lying on the ground when Gundogan was taking his shot. And Sam, Sam he just looked up, saw what Gundogan, and he just stuck his foot out. He was watching it. He didn't just hit, stick his foot out and hope. He watched it, and he hit his foot and went over for a corner. It was an incredible save. You know, Gundogan, yeah, he, he, you know, he quite rightly had his hands on his head. He, he was a uh, look of amazement that he hadn't scored. And you could look back and say maybe he could have, you know, dinked it over the keeper. But let's be honest, no one would have expected the keeper lying on the floor, half dead, not, you know, to be able to stick his foot out and save it. You know, so I can't really, you can't really criticize Gundogan for what he did. He got a good connection. It was on target. Goalie made an incredible save. Give the goalie credit. Sometimes goalies don't get enough credit. I mean, on one of the commentaries last night, they said the goalie knew nothing about it. Well, you know, the goalie was looking at Gundogan, stuck his foot up, made the save. Give the guy all the credit because it was a it was a stupendous save. And Bernard, it was quite interesting because we're coming up to half time now, and um, the statistics uh, showed that uh, Bayern had. Um, uh, 53% of possession is something that we're not used to, of course, um, and that that was interesting. But just before the whistle blew, we got like um, a, a little bit of a forewarning of 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 um, of what might come, and it did come um, after the break. Um, cracking shot from Sane, just why he was looking to make a point to Guardiola, perhaps. What did you think? Yeah, I thought Sane was one of their better players last night. Um, he certainly had a go. Uh, all credit to him, and he got a, he got a, a warm round of applause when his name was mentioned before the game. Not um, <laughs> sadly, some other guy didn't get the same sort of treatment, but uh, that's for another time. We'll probably might mention it later. But uh, yeah, he's, I thought he was outstanding last night, Sane. We, we like Sane, don't we? At the end of the day, you know, all these people who go on the internet and oh, why did we let him go? It wasn't a matter of letting him go, was it? He wanted to. Blame he go it's as simple as that and we're not going to hold it against him uh, and yeah I thought he was one of their better players I think that shot you're talking about it's 47 that second minute of, inj- of, of injury time wasn't it and it sort of I think Gedison had it covered uh, by looking at it from what I saw he had it he was scrambling yeah. across but he seemed to have it covered okay but uh, yeah he, he was he was their main danger and just going back to Sommer I taught I taught Sommer everything he knows the good and the bad so there you go that's oh. that's the burdening goalkeeping skill that uh, Sommer went to I think the good things and all the bad things as well well guys a fantastic uh, uh, fascinating first half I mean a, a beautiful spectacular uh, curling goal from Rodri uh, Gundogan would have made it 2-0 except for an outrageous save by Jan Sommer and then of course that fantastic block by Ruben Diaz to deny Musiala so uh, it was uh, finally poised Ray, finally poised going into the second half, didn't you feel? Yeah, absolutely, just quick mention about Sane, because like Bernard said he had a good game, I did ask the, the uh, um, viewers on my channel have him back and I think the consensus was yes they'd love to have Sani back um, you know obviously you've heard stories that his wife and child are back in the UK they're living over in the UK now back in England I believe and he's basically commuting to see them so that's why occasionally you'll see him in Manchester um, watching uh, City play um, I'm not, I think that ship's probably sailed but he's you know, I, I, I do still like Sane. I never hated him like some some fans did because he left. There's none of that. You know, we, we reserve hate for people like James Milner, McManaman, and uh, Joao Cancelo. Um, 
But it was it was great, like you say, it was great first half. Second half started even better. It was frenetic. Uh, all right, there was a few mistakes here and there, but the pressure each team put the other one under, uh, the technical uh, um, qualities that were on display were top class, uh, and it was it was just a, a superb game of football to watch. I mean, Sani, the aforementioned Sani, had two chances. Um, that Edison saved. I think one he saved with his arm, which is a bit unconventional. But you know, you can argue the ball is swerving. You know, it's a skiddy pitch. If it if it lands just in front of the keeper, it could bounce over his arms. So he you know he saved one with his arm, and another one. I think was the best save. I think Sani could have passed it actually. The second one I'm thinking about, where Edison went down and um, stuck his left hand out, and then I think someone else cleared it. I think uh, he could have passed that one in my opinion, but. Yeah, Edison made the saves. He did what he had to do. Uh, once again, you got some City fans on social media saying, "Hey, this is the best in the world." I don't know, he's on all, we're all the haters now. But look, the saves he made, he should be making those saves. Let's let's be clear about it. Um, um, was prepping. I want to go through a couple more opportunities and let, let on some Upper Meccano, a <laughs> good man. Upper Maguire, he made a mistake on the ball. Um, and I think we should have scored. We should have scored, but we're in the, their box. We lack conviction. You know, I think Gunduan just chipped the ball into the box, hoping that someone would finish. And no, uh, you know, and then Bayern did a bit of pinball. And it ball eventually found its way to Haaland, who get a shot and it was blocked. But I think we, with a bit of conviction, uh, we could have done a little bit better there. And then Sane was denied again. So, uh, you know, it was it was pretty much end to end stuff. And part of me is thinking, yeah, we can score any moment now. But part of me is thinking, well, so can they. They can hit us on the break and maybe they'll score. So, uh, but it was, at the time, it was, you know, a very nervous, nerve-wracking, um, heart-stopping game of football. I think, Bernard, this was possibly, um, from a Bayern Munich supporter's uh, point of view, the, the high watermark of their period of the game. You had Sane uh, pinging these shots in, testing Ederson. You had uh, Joshua Kimmich proving that he's um, possibly a, as good a defender as he is as, as a midfielder. That's sort of like um, the 10 minutes um, after halftime. Well, according to the guys on ESPN FC, that was definitely their 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 high water mark, but um, they 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 according to these guys, um, you know the likes of um, uh, Craig Burley and and those guys, that Bayern began to show some fear after that, which they thought was very uncharacteristic. I don't know what you thought about that, Bernard. Did you did you sense that? Yeah, I mean. The, th the thing is, I mean, that was the best it was going to get for Bayern, wasn't it? The first 10 minutes of that second half. The same as Sane, I mean, the main causing all the problems. Edison, was, as Ray was saying there, uh, was doing what a good goalkeeper should do uh, and, and save, saving us. And um, I think that one, it's, uh, it seemed to sort of hit it out with his shoulder. I mean, that, that first yeah. one that, that was sort of shot at him. And that, that was... Uh, uh, as I say, you think, well, catch it, but you know, it did wobble. It actually physically wobbled the ball in the air at the time. And then I think, I think it was that Keystone cop moment, wasn't it, in yeah. Bayern's defense that they just mentioned there when obviously up, up, up and and Sommer got in, into trouble. And then he, he played the ball straight out to, to Haaland, didn't he, Sommer? And mm -hmm. of course, we should have perhaps scored from that. But I think that was the key to it, even though Bayern had a couple of good chances after that. Sane had another good chance. It was like um, 
it was as though that was their their, their time. If they got the equaliser, then I think it would have been a, a obviously you know who knows who knows what would have happened. But it's all it's all about key moments in games, and they just didn't get it. And I think up to about fifty five minutes, you had that incident where I don't think Aki knew much about it, did he? Uh, Delit was it uh, lost Bernardo and thumps a header that. Aki, I don't think even knew, as I say, I've not had a chance to watch anything back no. at all, but he just sort of hit him in the head, uh, looped up, and it, then obviously it was followed up, and Diaz did know a lot about it, and he actually managed to get it cleared. And I think once that 55-minute chance for Bayern, I think it was more or less, as as you were intimating there with the commentators, I think City suddenly upped the game again, uh, and I think Bayern started to look a bit, a bit worried, and it won't be long, of course, before we'd uh, take full advantage. Yeah, I mean they they did Ray. They, City did seem to find a second wind, and after that um, that blo- a vital block by Ake, that um, as Bernard rightly said, didn't know t- too much about. Then he gets up the pitch and receives. Um, uh, Grealish is doing these little back heels. He he loves to do these little yeah. back heels and release them. Um, Ake, who had a great drive, but unfortunately just pushed round the post by. I don't think Summer kind of sums up. You don't think it was a great shot, but anyway, no, I'm talking no. about Ake's contribution uh, to the oh, game in general. I mean, he's he's become for he's he's changed from peripheral player to a very central player. I think for us, yeah, yeah, I I, I agree with that. I, I think he um, just needs what I've noticed in his defensive play is ever since that first and stroke second season, he's become a lot more confident on the ball. When he first came to the city, I was really worried that I was watching him defend or control balls just with his left foot. He never wanted to use his right and he'd go around the ball to get it on his left. Now I think he's very comfortable. He knows he belongs. And I think there's some of that as well. When you come, you're in a bit of awe like Jack Grealish was last season. Now Aki feels, he knows he belongs. He feels he belongs. And he certainly does. Um, So you've seen him be a little bit more expansive. I've seen him doing some good long balls over the top for Haaland to run onto. Early balls where... The opposition teams, they're not expecting it from uh, Nathan Ake. And he has ventured a bit further forward. His shot was was weak because he hit it straight at the keeper. And he hits it in such a way that, honestly, he was just it on target, where I think if he controlled it slightly better uh, and another touch and then drilled it across the keeper, there were players waiting you know, to pick up on, up, up on the pitches. But he's, I've said it for months, you know, Ake's been one of our best players this season. Um, you know, others are stepping up to the mark now uh, and, and putting in some scintillating displays. But I don't want people to forget that for most of this se- season, um, two or three players have stood out. One of them is Nathan Ake. Another one, obviously, mm-hmm. is Haaland. But Ake is up there as as one of our players of the season. He'll be igno- ignored come the end of the season and people will be talking about Bernardo, they'll be talking about Pep. Um, they'll be talking... Not Pep, sorry. They'll be talking about... Um, KDB, or they were talking about this player and that player, they're talking about John Stones or Diaz, and they'll forget Nathan Aki. But he's been, I think, our most pretty much most consistent player all season long. Yeah, I've got to, I've got to uh, really strongly agree with Ray there, uh, Bernard. I mean, a lot of uh, City uh, players thought that when we bought um, Nathan Aki, he was going to be a, a slightly like a squad player, a luxury player, a little bit in the mould of where, where Calvin Phillips is right now. But he's really grown into it and he, he's really got some authority about the way that he plays for City right now. What do you reckon, Bernard? 
Yeah, I mean, the thing is with Aki is he got opportunities, didn't he? I mean, Phillips isn't getting any sort of opportunity whatsoever to do anything. Uh, he's getting little bit parts all over the place. And I think with with Aki, um, he was able to come in at times as a central defender in the main and, and be uh, not fantastic, not brilliant, just just steady, uh, a steady Eddie, if you like. And what he's what it's done is obviously boosted his confidence as he's played more and more, which is what will happen in a Pep team. As I say, hopefully similar things will happen to Phillips one day. But at this point in time, you're wondering, aren't you, whether it whether it will? But you know, given time, given the confidence, and Aki's done that. He's a love. He's a great. He looks like a great bloke. He seems a really typical for me. What I want a City player to be: a nice lad off the pitch uh, and a, a great player on the pitch. And he he's just took that benefit that experience the the opportunity when it's come been not done anything spectacular in the same way Kanji's not been doing anything spectacular he's just been doing what he should be doing uh, and Aki's uh, you know he, he's he's just tremendous now I mean he, he's brilliant he's one of the first names on the team sheet he doesn't seem touch wood to have you know to have too many injury problems now I think he had some back in in the day didn't he he seems to be quite fit as well now, and he, he does the job. He's just a great player, and you know he can play. He can play centre half if he needs to play centre half. He can play on the left, and as Ray intimated there, he's learning how to get forward a bit more now, and that's another be another string to his bow. Uh, oh, a great, a great player, a great person, a great player. Well, guys, I've got a, a, a fascinating um, quotation, and I'm going to have to go over to to both my guys um, for this because it, it, it involves a little bit of history. I was kind of confused by it because I don't really remember it myself. Anyway, here's the, here's the quote. See what you guys make of it. So this is The Observer, and they said, Lee, uh, this is on the 59th minute, Leroy Sane's bullet corners are a real throwback to those that Andy Hinchcliffe um, launched uh, 25 years ago. Incredibly hard to, to defend. Uh, and then the, the observer commented, that's a good comparison. It's a shame that Bayern don't have a modern-day Duncan Ferguson in, in their team. I don't know what to make of that. I don't really remember Andy Hinchcliffe being a devastating uh, corner-taker. Uh, guys, um, do you? Not- when Andy Inchcliffe was playing, I was in short, so I'm too young to remember that. You'll have to go to Bernard for that. Yeah, I have to go to Bernard. <laughs> he could whack it. He could a bit collar off. I mean, you know, that, yeah. he was talking collar off as well as as Inchcliffe. Uh, that sort of, of course, he could smack it. And absolutely no doubt about that. But it wasn't wasn't what I thought of his trademark. Um, of course, I don't try and think too much about Andy Inchcliffe anymore, to be honest with you. But uh, I don't think I'll be doing any specials on him. That's for sure. <laughs> over, over the coming months and years, he gets mentioned occasionally, which he's bound to because in my little history stuff. But uh, yeah, it, yeah, of course, he could smack it. But I mean, it's an interesting comparison. But uh, yeah, bits of it are probably right. But I, I don't remember being thinking, "Oh yeah, every time we get a corner, Andy Inchcliffe, oh, we've got a chance here. He's going to smack it." <laughs> yeah. Joe Royal, yeah. whoever's, whoever's, I don't even remember who the striker was playing with Andy Inchcliffe. Now I get all confused. But I'm sure we had a big number nine who, uh, who wasn't popping up with headers every time he was smacking one in. That's what, you know, it's yeah, it's interesting, interesting analogy. I'll have to go. If I could be asked, I'd go back and check, but I can't, so I won't. I, I have a funny feeling, looking at that quote, I have a funny feeling that that might have been in his Everton days, not his Man City days. Yeah. But um, um, Ray, at this particular yeah. point in the game, let's let's uh, g- 
give uh, fair dues because uh, Bolt from the Blue do- does have a few uh, Bayern Munich supporters uh, in there. Are, were there any Bayern uh, players that were uh, impressing you at all? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, Sane, None at all. No, Sani had his, obviously, Sani had his moments going forwards. Um, Sommer ma- was making some great saves. Uh, I'm struggling that really because I, I Joshua Kimmich maybe Joshua Kimmich yeah, Kimmich was okay I think players some of the players were playing okay but I think especially the way that second half was going it was an avalanche from City you know and you might have two or three players who might have been playing well for Bayern but they were overshadowed by the you know the errors coming from the, from within their ranks and the way City were, were piling forward and, and creating the chances so even if you were playing well you, you quite easily um, get overlooked by the rest of your team not playing so well. And you talked about fear as that half went on. They were and, and Bernard talked about Keystone Cops. That's what Bayern Munich were like. Bayern Munich, you know, ended up that game like little kids in a in, in a playground. Um, and, and City, were, we were toying with them. You know, we scored five, six, seven. Nobody would have said that wasn't uh, fully deserved because we had. So many chances. You know, ignore the chances in the first half where we had a couple that, you know, on another day we might have got lucky with. Look at all the chances we had in that second half. We could have got five or six. Mm-hmm. And then, and Ray, what, what, one of the reasons for that, I'm just going to go over to Bernard here. Bernard, on the 68th minute, I thought this was a, a pivotal substitution. So uh, KDB gets brought off and on comes Julian Alvarez. And I thought he made a real impact on the game. A lot of people agree with me uh, that, um, that 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 was a that was a, a, a an awesome substitution. And he came on the pitch with some serious intent. What did you think? Yeah, I'm a bit worried about De Bruyne. To be honest with you, obviously he picked up that injury, hadn't he, a little bit before that, where we stupidly put it out of play, even though he's off the pitch. I don't know what all that was about. I don't know what the old uh, <coughs> thought was behind that. I mean, Bayern Munich were quite right to play on. Uh, simply, there's a lot of bit of whinging, but <laughs> you know what? That's just you know he's off the pitch. He's getting treatment, and you you play on, don't you? That's 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 football. Nothing wrong with that. But I was a bit worried because De Bruyne looked a little bit miffed when he went off as I said I've literally was there on the night and I've only seen what I saw at the game but uh, I'm not sure where he was miffed because he didn't want to come off he's miffed because he's he's hurt himself I'm not too sure yes uh, so you might be able to tell me a little bit more about that I've not seen anything I've not had a chance to look at uh, Twitter or anything this morning to see if there's any information on that but so I'm a little bit worried that KDB might pick something some injury up, but yeah, Alvarez is Alvarez for thirty minutes, uh, twenty-five minutes that he was on the pitch. Of course, he's going to give him something else to worry about. And Bayern had missed the chance. Bayern had missed their opportunity in that first ten minutes in the second half. That was their opportunity to get back in this game and get something out of it. And they missed the opportunity by by hook or by crook, by great defending or or simply not not being good enough uh, to put the ball in the net. And they'd missed it. And I think. The substitution changed the dynamic a little bit. Uh, but I think, you know, it didn't change as in a, you know, it's what we were doing anyway with KDB on the pitch. It just continued and, and City were on the up and up and uh, we were, we were going to get our just rewards on, on 70 minutes. Well, um, uh, Bernard, uh, Bayern responded and, and they made a substitution. They took off Musiala and put on Sadio Mane. Now Sadio Mane gives um, a lot of uh, a lot of City fans the fears um, <laughs> about the things that he can do, apart from like knocking out like uh, Ederson, you know, with a with a kung fu kick. But um, uh, 
did you feel that he did anything in the game? I don't remember him having much of an impact. No, you, well, you saw, as I said, apart from that first 10 minutes, I thought Bayern Munich uh, had gone. It was as simple as that. I think, of course, even though it was only 1-0, I mean, I was I was totally shocked. I was totally shocked when I looked at the stats last night when I got home with the stats on the game, and I think they ended up with 56% possession by Munich, and the, the pass completion rate was far higher than ours. And I, I thought, I, I thought... How can we look so dominant and yet not have the stats as well, which don't mean much in themselves? But that just showed how good City were in the in the fact that we didn't have the stats. But we we totally certainly from the fifty seven fifty eighth minute uh, before the substitution after it, we we totally dominated and, and Bayern just went to pieces. And I think uh, say it was key that first ten minutes was key in the second half and. Uh, I don't think Mane got a nice welcome, uh, as you'd expect when he, came, when he came on the pitch. Of course he did, but uh, I think I think they'd gone by then. Uh, in all fairness, I don't think they offered anything particularly after that. I think at three 0 they might have rallied just a little bit and hoping to perhaps nick a goal. But no, Mane just came into a team that had been pulled apart and had seemed to lost confidence. Well, um, I think it's fair to say, Bernard, that um, Guardiola doesn't pick Bernardo Silva for his heading ability. <laughs> but there, this, was, this was the second goal on the 70th minute. And um, two uh, very, very interesting aspects to the goal. First of all, <laughs> an absolutely wonderful uh, cross that KDB would have been proud of from none other than Erling Haaland. Mm. And, then, and, then, and then this wonderful um, header from uh, Bernardo Silva. I mean, Bernardo Silva doesn't score that often with his head. And uh, and Erling Haaland Ray is not known for putting in pinpoint <laughs> crosses. What the hell went on with that goal? I don't know. Is that, I can't remember if I, if I heard this right. That's only the second assist um, Haaland's done with the cross or something ridiculous. You know, he, he hardly ever assists. Usually, when we've seen him assist this season, it's always been on the Are we sure it wasn't a shot? <laughs> but actually I actually thought he was going to shoot I thought he was in a great position to shoot and then he just inked it into, in, across the box and you thought well, why did you do that mate we did have two on one and I, th I thought he was actually I, th I think he was trying to hit I thought he was trying to hit him I think Gundogan was there and he'd overhit it but what he'd done there's a, obviously a player on Gundogan he knocked it over the pair of them and Bernardo came in it was Oh, what's it? Was it Revelino that was it Revelino, the Brazilian player? That if you watch it, um, he comes from out of the picture to rifle the ball across the keeper uh, to, to score. And, and it was like that Bernardo Silva came from nowhere, launched himself, diving header. I mean, it was just you know, if, if, if you were to score a goal, it was when we were kids, it was always the dream. It was always the dream to either score a bicycle kick or a diving header. Proper full length diving header. I mean, the best we ever got was we used to get the ball on the line if we got past the keeper and then bend down and nod it in like that. But it was a, it was a beauty. And uh, look, there'll be someone somewhere that's got a picture of Bernardo Silva in full flight, a Superman esque diving through it to head that. It was just sumptuous goal. It was, it was just brilliant from City from start. Uh, Bernie, we, we we've got to talk about your man, Jack Grealish, because. Um, we saw uh, both uh, sides of um, his improvement leading to this goal because he robbed Ubermecano 
yeah. about 25 yards from goal. And then he did what I talked about earlier, released uh, Erling Haaland with, with that lovely little back heel. And that led to his cross that led to Bernardo's header. This guy is having an, uh, an Indian summer, you might say, in, in, in his, his city career so far. Grealish is, um, he's um, rejuvenated. He's the 100 million, uh, the 100 million man. What did you think, Bernard? Yeah, I think it's uh, an Indian spring, I think. I don't think I'd call it an Indian summer, more an Indian spring. But yeah, Mr. Meccano, I mean, poor old Mr. Meccano. I mean, he should stick to uh, kids' kids' things, shouldn't he? He, he? he was just robbed, as you say, he was just robbed. Uh, and, and Grealish, I thought he had a quiet, I thought it was quite his first half. Um, I thought he upped his, you know, he sort of come more and more into it. But he, he just he just enjoyed himself. He's, playing, he's, he's loving it. It's as simple as that. He's always loved it. We know he has. He's always done it, but he's been getting lots of criticism. But we're seeing a defensive element now. We're seeing a, the ability to, to win, and this is what probably Pep's wanted from him as well, the ability to come back and defend and rob people who've seen it in other games, not just this one. And, of course, Meccano had had a, an, was having an awful night, as we intimated at the start of this uh, this programme, and say just that. Again, when they work, when these little back flicks and back heels work, they're, they're fantastic. Uh, sometimes they don't at the moment. They're, they're working for him, and it was... Uh, a cracking goal. I thought Bernardo had it in, of course, up the other end in the south stand. I thought uh, Bernardo had headed it back across the keep, you know, into the far corner. But I think it literally went through him, didn't it? It literally went through Summer. Summer. Uh, but again, it was that that powerful and that close in that Summer as a keeper can't really, unless it's straight at him. He, he had difficulty reacting quick enough to actually do anything about it. But a great goal and Grealish, uh, Haaland and Bernardo, a great link-up. At this point, guys, things were looking very good uh, for us. I mean, Alvarez was moving forward with murderous intent. We've got to mention John Stones again because five minutes later comes the third goal. And this was a, a, a half clearance. And this is Alvarez, uh, a deep cross uh, to Johnny Stones. And then and then comes the hour, comes the man. I mean, you knew you knew it wouldn't be long before he would eventually get on the score sheet, Ray. This yeah. was a great goal. This was a great team goal. Another great goal. And just quickly mention that Alvarez had a decent shot saved by the keeper um, and pushed it wide. And then this one, Alvarez from, from, from very deep. And Alvarez, if you notice, you, you talk about Andy Hinchcliffe, you talk about Leroy Sane, but Alvarez has got a bit of a decent cross on him as well. And he's talking about his, his corners. Uh, you know, maybe he, we pick him just for his corners alone. Um, but he put a, a deep cross in it. And Johnny Stones, who'd been playing, he thought right back, centre back, um, uh, double pivot, DM, uh, midfielder. He's now up front. He's now up front. He nods the ball down. And who's coming in? It, it's that Nordic meat shield himself, Haaland. And he absolutely um, ha takes great delight, such glee in side footing the ball into the net. It was. Fabulous. It was a fabulous goal uh, from start to finish. And to be honest, we were all, as I said, we said earlier, we were all over Bayern. And, you know, we could have scored a couple more goals after this. We were just, we were on fire and, and basically Bayern couldn't handle us. And you know, it, it, it did feel like they'd given up. It did feel they just wanted that final whistle to go and, um, you know, for the ground to open up and swallow them because we were just uh, pulverising them. Uh, into the ground in this game. And, and you know, all Europe would have sat up and taken notice. I think there's one game 
uh, I don't know which who the broadcaster was. The the guys were watching the Benfica Inter game. I think <laughs> no no on Hargreaves or whoever. But they said we had the other game on as well. We were watching both, so they're supposed to be watching one game. But they were watching the city, obviously City versus Bayern is the, it was the game to to really watch, and everybody was in, impressed by the City performance. Now it it didn't it didn't slow down, guys, because I mean uh, certainly Ray was right. I mean every man Jack of the um of the of the the mainstream media were saying that Bayern have fallen apart here. And uh, and it was true. And Alvarez continued, and uh, on the eighty second minute, oh, that was a great shot um, from him—a curling shot, about 24, 24, 25 yards out, tiny little bit wide. It definitely beat the goalkeeper, Bernard. Yeah, obviously, again up south stand, you just saw it, you just imagined it nestling into the core of the net, but obviously it just went wide, unfortunately. But I, th- I think um, just to go back just a little bit, um, Ray said that obviously we went three nil up, but Nabri again Diaz uh, seventy eight minutes, it could have easily been three and one again. I think Nabri uh, moved into the area. Uh, and Diaz just just stopped him, just just stopped him in his tracks. I mean, you know, you know that cut at three one uh, doesn't look as good, does it? Um, as I say, I thought, I thought, I thought Bayern did have a did have a quick goal at three nil down. I thought I was going to be happy with four nil. I was a bit disappointed we didn't get a fourth, but uh, the Alvarez shot was close. And then you, uh, I think we had a great chance after that as well, didn't we? With um, Rodri Header. Wasn't it with uh, eighty-seven minutes? Yeah. Another Great Alvarez. save by the goalkeeper, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, not with Alvarez swing out swinging corner, uh, and Rodri could have had a couple. He could have had a brace, couldn't he? A great, a great header and uh, a good, a good save. I won't say a fantastic save, but a good, good save. You expect a good keeper to make, but because uh, I must admit, a couple of times this morning I've wrote four nil down. I don't know why I've wrote, and I have to, I've had to alter it to three nil. I, I was hope, you know, because I thought of four nil. You know, uh, it would have been just rewards at least four nil. But uh, okay, we'll take the three, won't we? But uh, yeah, I think I think Bayern was just accepting that uh, you know they'll have to they'll have to do something spectacular at their place, won't they? Yeah, I mean, it was it, it was great. It was very encouraging, Ray. The way that City did not take their foot off the gas, especially with Alvarez and the way he was playing. Uh, mm. They were under pressure. They were under the cost right to the very end, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean. As we've said a few times, four or five goals wouldn't have flattered us. And I think three nils should be enough. But you, you know, would have, I would have liked four and five. You know, four goals, you think there's no there's no way back. Even even typical City can't capitulate and let four or five goals in uh, away from home after this dominating, such a dominant performance. Um, I just hope that when we do play uh, over there in, in, in Munich, that we don't quite just to uh, maintain the status quo. I think you know we've shown what we can do. I'd like to go and beat them in their own backyard. Keep whoever we're playing, whether it's Chelsea or Real Madrid in the, in the next round. If we obviously if we get through, let's not be too arrogant and uh, overbold about it. But I just want people to be shit scared of playing City. I think they already are, but I want us to go and beat Bayern two or three in their own place um, to, to you know to put the willies up whoever we're playing next. Um, and and you know going to into hopefully semi final um, with a an opponent that's giving us maybe too much respect. Yeah, a very interesting end to the game, Bernard. I mean, um, 
uh, as a lot of the papers note, um, every time uh, Cancelo uh, got the ball, he was being booed, and it was not entirely clear whether it was the Bayern fans or the City fans. I suspect it might have been the City fans for his de- defection. Um, um, I, I think you might agree with that. It wasn't the Bayern fans, mate. I can confirm that, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, mean, I, I didn't. I didn't boo. I'm not asked either way. These things, you know, it, it is what it is, and you just take it. And you know, I'd, I'd rather just sit quiet because uh, we do get a bit of stick. Uh, you know, we get a bit of stick for uh, Mr. Milner, but he's fully justified the booing for him. That, you know, and I, I think I said on you know on social media, there's very rare exceptions of City players who come back to us and we we boo or don't clap them. It's very very rare. Uh, James Milner's one, and obviously Cancelo now falls into that category. But uh, I mean, this poor, this poor guy still still with us, isn't he? But uh, I, I don't think there's uh, much chance of. Uh, I think there's a picture of him standing in the middle of the pitch, wasn't it, before the game in his tracksuit, looking at forlorn at everything. I don't know, but. Uh, no city players want to go near him. No Bayern players. <laughs> He's oh, I've got you. Got to feel sorry for him. I mean, at the end of the day, we've not always had horrible things to say about Cancel when he played for us. He, he had a purple patch, a bit Negredo-ish, where he was superb for a while, uh, and then all of a sudden he fell off a cliff. But uh, yeah, uh, leave him, leave him to it. I don't, I don't think there's any need for it. We should, we should be. I think, I think you know, we should be a little bit bigger, but. Hey, we're football fans at the end of the day, and we, we react to things, and that's you know that that's how it is. I'm not going to whinge too much about it, but I, I don't think we'll see him anytime soon. That's for sure. I think there's a title of a bit bolt from the blue special podcast there. Uh, Ex City players that we boo and why we boo. <laughs> Guys, a spectacular quotation on social media from one of one of them, um, uh, the Scottish. Um, Bolt from the Blue members who, who said, let me quote, um, this city side reminds me of Dundee United Scottish Premier League winners of 1982-83 with Haaland as Davy Dodds. No higher compliment can be paid. Haaland com- compared to Davy Dodds from uh, Dundee United. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure how to respond to that, but yeah, it, 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 it may as well, well, well be Buddy Ken Dog, mate. I have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. Guys, let's look at Man City's last last nine results in all competitions. Here we go. 4-1, nil, 3-0, 2-0, 1-0, 7-0, 6-0, 4-1, 4-1, 3-0. Is that good enough for you, Ray? Um, what, what disappoints me, Mike? What disappoints me? Is Don't be negative. Don't be negative. <laughs> Two negatives make a positive, Mike. What disappoints me, Mike, is you know we've slowed down in the goal scoring states. You know we were yeah. scoring. It was only last month we were beating a German uh, German team by seven goals, and then Burnley by six. You know that international break has really hurt us badly because we're down to four fours and threes. You know, you know we did in two games what we're doing in three. And that disappoints me. <laughs> My goodness, uh, Bernard, 34 goals uh, scored, a three against. I think we can, um, we can disregard that particular comment. What do you think, Bernard? Happy enough? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, mean I know I've raised me a little bit tongue-in-cheek, I think, there, uh, with, with that good little comment. Who's uh, Tom? Would... <laughs> Who's Tom? Well, what, what interested me last night was was the bench. Um 
and it is the bench, and all the only players not on it, of course, is Foden. And um, I'll, I'll just look at it and think, you know, I was a bit worried about KDB, as I said last night, whether he, he obviously with it when he sort of tried to do that and hurt himself. Uh, who you cares? Know. We've got Julian Alvarez. <laughs> no, I don't, I'm just saying it, it's, it's fine. It's fine to have people like Foden out because obviously it saves Pep having to, and us worrying about who he's going to play because, all right, we, we know Foden isn't there so we can sort of pick a team. But as soon as, you know, if Foden's not there and KDB's not there and Alvarez, God forbid, picks up, you know, it, 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 we stay positive. We've got 14 or 15 games left. Um I want us to play the strongest team in every single game. I think most City fans will want that, and that's what we'll need to do. You know, but I do worry a little bit with an FA Cup semi-final coming up. We've, we've got now to do a job next week, haven't we, uh, Bayern Munich? We've still yeah. got to do a job. As I said, if it's 4 or 5 nil, it'd be over. I don't think this is over. I'm not being pessimistic. I'm being realistic. Bayern are a very, very good team. City can have brain farts. We know we can. Defensively, we were superb last night, but it only takes... a uh, uh, a Diaz block not to quite work or, or a Sane shot to actually fizz past Edison and, you know, early doors. And, and it, it's all up for grabs. And, you know, I do, I do worry, not, not worry because we've won three nil, but I do, I do worry that, um, it might affect other games. And, uh, you know, I want to win them all. And uh, I do worry that uh, at the moment, I think some of those guys will be tired last night. I think the City players worked the bloody socks off last yeah. night. Every single one of them. Harlan ran, ran 12 kilometres. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. We've got Leicester this week who, on paper, no no big worry. We can make three or four changes, I think, and still uh, pummel Leicester. That's not a big deal, of course. I think it's we're not. looking as well, Bernard. I think we're looking at our fixture. We've got, obviously, Leicester this Saturday. Yeah. Then on Wednesday, we've got Bayern Munich. On Saturday, we've got Sheffield United. So you'd like to think where Leicester are in the league that, yes, we can rest three of our players. You can bring in people like um, Laporte. You can bring in people like uh, Riyad Mahrez um, and Alvarez. So there's three changes straight away. Walker. So there's mm. four changes straight away. I think that nobody would be too displeased if we made for Leicester. And then we got the, obviously the return leg with Bayern. And then we got Sheffield United in the FA Cup on the, the, the following Saturday. Once again, I think you can make a few changes. And then we've got the, obviously the big one against Arsenal. So it is lending itself to that we can play, you know, like the, the British and Irish, Irish lines. You've got a midweek side and a weekend side, you know, you know, test side. And I think we can keep doing that. After Arsenal, we've got Fulham away, who I think got one point in the last five games. Um, and once again, we have about four days break for that. Then it's all coming thick and fast. We've got, you know, uh, Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, on the Wednesday, 3rd of May, we've got West Ham at home. Uh, the following Sunday, we've got Leeds at home. I suspect the Champions League semi-finals will come um, after that. Everton away, Chelsea at home and Brentford away. So, you know, I think the running at the moment... I think because it extends to June as well. I mean, we're talking... the. You know, obviously the the FA Cup. Uh, you're talking right into June, so it's it's not as bad as it could have been. It's not as bad as it could have been, could it? For getting all these games in and the FA Cup final and Champions League are in June. Okay, yeah. so I'm just looking at the way the fixtures are. Yeah. That you know, we've got. You'd like to think relatively straightforward games because you've got, for instance, I think that the next round of the Champions League is we we've, we've played Leeds at home. So you could rest two or three players. Then you play the Champions League semi-final if we're there. Then you play Everton away. That's the only. That's a tricky one. And then after the Champions League, you've got 
Chelsea at home. I think that's right. And a bit of guesswork because I, I don't know the actual dates of the Champions League semi-final. But you'd like to think overall, you know, we, we don't have the FA Cup final, uh, semi-final, which we had in previous years, which we ended up throwing it uh, against Chelsea because of the Champions League. There's only the Everton game that you'd, you'd worry about. And if Everton is safe, maybe they'll throw that game on our behalf because they'd be quite happy for us to win it. But <laughs> I think that's... Um, well, no, Arsenal are everyone's favourite, aren't they? Now? Everyone, everyone's other team, everyone's Arsenal now, yeah. <laughs> well, guys, um, how disappointed are you at the two bombshell announcements that would, would would probably depress both of you? The news that Liverpool have announced that they can't afford to go for Jude Bellingham. And Tavarts Kelly has announced he's not he's not signing a new contract for Napoli, despite what their owners say. Um, things might be might be looking up in 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 the summer. Well, what do you reckon, Ray? So many Liverpool fans. Even now, they're still talking about um, this one uh, IndyCar uh, transfer. Uh, he's a, uh, I think he just transfer news and stuff. He said apparently Jude Bellingham's t- um, is furious at FSG because he really wants to go to Liverpool. I mean, they, they are milking this story for all it's worth. You know, I've, I've kept some receipts. I started putting some out last night when news came out that, you know, from a lot of Liverpool uh, sources, probably just one person said it and everybody else has copied it, that um, Liverpool can't afford the Jude Bellingham price tag of about 130 million euros um, for, the, for the package and it's just too expensive. Uh, and they're going to go for three players instead, which, let's be honest, they probably need three midfielders. Um, and um, FSG can't or won't put their hands in their pocket and spend more of the money that they're making. We're, we're very fortunate that our owners do spend the money that we make. Um, they reinvest it into, into the club. So and I, had, I started putting some out and I thought, I just can't be bothered. You know, I, I do like a bit of... Uh, you know, as someone said on, on the on the radio the other week, that I'm a wind up merchant, and I think that's why they get me on because there's all this talk you call. So you got you've been on there, mate. Well, you? well, guys, stop press, stop press. Forty two minutes ago, we've got a we've got a tweet in uh, to my uh, timeline from Mark Goldbridge, who says United in for Jude Bellingham, major United sale boost. I'm live. Are you going to watch that, Ray? No, because it's purely <laughs> money. That's it. Look, that's why these scoundrels do it. You know, there are too there are too many naive, susceptible, gullible fans out there. And look, city city YouTube channels do it. Some of them do it as well. There's gullible people who want to believe. They want to have hope. My mate Cam Giannati, uh, he's crying on on social media that. This a lot of Liverpool fans who said we've been building for this for two years and now we can't afford him and all this rubbish. Um, yeah, look, it's all there for for, for money. Goldbridge will get a hundred thousand views. He'll make his, he'll make a few quid out of it. Job done. It, it, fake fans uh, are rife. You know, I, I I started watching this. Um, I, I can't remember the name of the channel now. I started watching this channel and what they do, they show some um, highlights of live streams of games of what the fans are doing. So it's it's a bit like back in the day, you remember Walter Smith on the fan zone on, on Sky. But what they're doing, they put some compilations together after the game, the day the, in the evening or the next day from the live, various live streams. So they're showing um, fan reactions. And so many of them are so fake, so fake. They go over the top when they score and they go over the top when uh, they concede. You know, is is but it's the point is this big money. They're making loads of money out of this. Um, 
so that's, that's why they do it you know mm -hmm. um, I, I i I, sometimes I will get really excited when we score because it's in the moment, but they're doing it all the time, effing and blinding and jumping up and down, running around. You know, I, I did my running around in the privacy of my own front room yesterday, but uh, maybe, maybe if we get to Champions League final and Bernard and me aren't there, I'll go on, I'll, 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 I'm going to put it out there. If we get to the Champions League final and Bernard and me don't manage somehow to get a ticket, I'm sure Bernard will be there. We'll do a live stream of the Champions League final in Bernard. <laughs> In Bernard's <laughs> uh, or whatever. Oh. We'll do it. We'll, we'll, All we'll, right. We'll yeah, why can't we make a bit of money? Come on, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, we should do that too, exactly. Scream and shout and, and have me and uh, Ray like punching each other after a goal's gone in and, and get some views up. Uh, we'll talk about that, guys. Maybe we'll do that. But anyway, listen, we're, it was a 90-minute game and, and we're pretty much at the 90-minute mark. Uh, I, I think that... Um, I think that you're going to enjoy this one, guys. But let's have some final thoughts before we finish off this particular pod. Starting off with um, with Bernard. Bernard, final thoughts? And, um, yeah, I just yeah. want to... Obviously, we, we always listen to what Bayern Munich fans are saying. We're very respectful of the, the, the paragons of virtue. Bayern Munich, of course, yeah, you know everything they do is correct. I'm just interested by the couple of banners they unfurled yeah. uh, last night, which I've got an image of here. Uh, football belongs to the people. Yeah, we totally agree with that, mate. Uh, no, no disagreement there. And Sheik Mansour, all Alec, uh, Glazers, Sheik Mansour, all autocrats out. So I mean, I think I think we should just accept uh, the, the correct. The English seemed reasonably well on the banners. I was quite happy with spelling. <laughs> I'm not going to complain. But to uh, compare the Glazers with uh, Sheik Mansour, he's, we certainly got the old fans singing his name anyway in response. But uh, yeah, I just wonder what you guys thought of um, of uh, Bayern Munich and obviously their their stance because they're they're a people's club as we know. They're not yeah. they've got no <laughs> they've got no outside influence or nothing to do with no, nothing to do with nothing over to do with to, Adidas. Over to you, hey, over to you uh, Mike, on that one. <laughs> well, I I did I I would I I would just um. Uh, you know, th they should have had a, a a banner with Adidas on there. There's a there's a a, a big post on uh, on Twitter there showing that Bayern Munich have won the um the the Farmers League every season since I don't know how long. Uh, but um, the People's I Club, I'm not I'm not so sure about that. <laughs> I hope we take a banner over there and 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 point this this um, ludicrous statement out. You know, this hypocrisy for what it is because. Look, Bayern Munich fans don't seem to have a problem with their club winning the title in Germany year after year after year. They don't seem to have a problem with them being able to financially muscle other clubs out of the way in Germany, like buying... No, not sorry. They don't even buy the best players from Dortmund. They get them on a free transfer. Where did Lewandowski come from? Was it Goretzka or Goetze? I can't remember. But they've taken a few players, best players from Dortmund, after Dortmund finished, say, second in the league to Bayern and, and pushed them and worked really hard. And then the, the best player goes to uh, Bayern on a free. So Dortmund don't even get the money. So they get a whammy there where they've lost probably a £50 million pound player. Bayern Munich don't pay 50, 60 million quid for a player. There's a £100 million pound switch over there. So they stay in, in the position of power. And who, uh, you know, People's Club, owned by partly Alliance, Adidas and Audi, who shovel money in. And come on, UEFA, let's look at some of these contracts. Shirt sleeve sponsorship for Bayern Munich is ridiculous, okay? And if they need more money, 
these their owners because they, they their owners put more money in. How is that allowed? You know, who's looking at these sponsorship deals and saying they're overinflated? That shouldn't be allowed. If it's a people's club, let it be owned 100% by the people. Or certainly don't let your three big shareholders pump unquestionable amounts of or, or questionable amounts of money into your club and then proclaim that you're the people's club. I mean, these guys, it's like they believe what they're saying and, they, you know, they just don't understand it. And I would like a nice big wodge of schadenfreude to smack across their uh, grubby little chops, those later holes wearing breakfast, eating um, uh, Hofmeister um, drinking faces, and we, we spank them in Munich. I don't think I said anything xenophobic there. <laughs> Well, guys, um, we've had the we've had the final words from uh, the two guys, and I'm going to leave the final uh, word to myself because, guys, Larn oh, FC, Larn FC in the Northern Irish Premier League, ten points clear, four games to go. We just beat Clifton Bill two nil. We've beaten Glentor and we've beaten Linfield. Larn are absolutely headed for the title. My dad can't believe it. First time in his lifetime, guys. If you're looking for a second club to support outside of the the the, the big teams, watch Larn FC. There, they are the the team on the rise. Well, we've included we've included Dundee United and Larn tonight, so we've done very very well. <laughs> Mike, what happened in the cup? What happened in the cup? Yeah, we lost two 0 to Balamini United, which was a little a little bit a little bit of a blip. But um, listen, we are going to win the title. I remember 1989. 1989, me and my dad trudging away from the Oval, having lost the uh, the Irish Cup final to uh, uh, to Balamina, who did us again this time. But we're going to well, win I the league. Blind like, like the the Arsenal of the Irish League, they give up all the competitions so they can concentrate on the league. <laughs> well, actually, actually, they consider us the Man City of the league because we got like a fantastic owner called Kenny Bruce, who's a bit of a millionaire, and uh, he just uh, took over refurbished the grounds, built up the things in the community. And um, before very long, you'll you'll definitely see Ray blowing plastic. bubbles on our plastic pitch. I'm club. absolutely sure about that. Plastic, <laughs> plastic Irish club. Plastic, plastic club, Irish. mate. Um, plastic. plastic shamrock. I was in Lan last, I was in Lan at least twice, three times last year. Uh, uh, once because the ferry goes, <laughs> goes there. But also working there and hopefully... I'll get an opportunity to come to Lan again this summer. Um, uh, no, one of the, uh, uh, no, and now we're going to do the tourism thing. Northern Ireland is by far one of the most beautiful places I've ever visited. And the people there are so genuine, down to earth. You know, they stop you and talk to you and ask you how your day is. It's great. You're in the supermarket and some people just start chatting to you. They're so, people are just so friendly. Absolutely brilliant. It's one of the most enjoyable places I've ever been. Uh, I always look forward to going back there. I love my time in, in Northern Ireland. And uh, Well, don't yeah. you worry. With that. that's, a, that's a wonderful thing to say, Ray. Don't you worry. I'm going to cut that, cut this out of the audio. 
and send that to Kenny Bruce and Gareth Clements, and we'll get you. We will absolutely to the Northern Irish Tourist Board. All your yeah, appreciation. We 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 will get Ray and his bubbles on Inver Park <laughs> uh, this summer with it with with any luck. Not putting any pressure on, on Kenny or Gareth about that. But, but anyway, guys, listen. I think we've 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 done enough. That was a yeah. fantastic pod a fantastic pod and uh, we're just going to finish off uh, in the normal way before we do so we're just going to say you have been listening to bernard Deneen. bernard thank you very much for coming on no oh, wonderful uh, great night and let's hope it's another great night next wednesday and you've been listening to ray bubbles ray thank you so much for coming on oh it's been a wonderful pod uh, 90 minutes of joy relived with 90 minutes of <laughs> <laughs> not too not too negative well, plus guys not too time. negative <laughs> <laughs> plus injury time well listen guys we'll finish off in the normal way i am off to get this thing edited and put up as quickly as possible thank you very much for listening we're so grateful for your support keep uh, checking us out guys we're on every available a place where you will find your pods, whether it be Apple or SoundCloud or Spotify or anywhere else, you'll find us there. And we'll finish off in the normal way by saying, have one in us and up the blues. Up the blues. Up the blues.